Hi friends, today's guest is New York-based Hannah Rickman. Many of you know her as the founder of The Break and recently Gush. She is the creme de la creme when it comes to building a business, generating experiences, and creating inclusive community. She has found a way to make one of the toughest cities in the world a home and find success and purpose within it. She is the woman who does it all and I'm so excited to have her on the show. So let's get into it. God, you're like glowing. Oh God, I literally just got out of the shower. Are we like, vid- is this for video as well? No, no, no. We're just going to take the audio, but it's just nice to see someone. I haven't figured out exactly. I'm not like a technical person. So to have an in-person interview with all these New York guests, I have no idea how to do it. So we're sticking to Zoom. You will learn. And that is perfectly okay with me. Um, sorry if you can hear my dog like whimpering in the background. She literally, she is such a drama queen anytime I get on a zoom call the first thing she does is like this call is supposed to be for me like you're supposed to be paying attention to me all the time like she can hear voices and she doesn't know where they're coming from I think oh my god and just like she'll sit there like, and she's I'm like, the star. Oh. like so ridiculous. she's such a diva sometimes I'm dying I love it in a dumpster I, oh, oh. I know. oh my god I know okay well it's okay we love a little dog moment yeah. So how are you? What is going on? How's your day? Really great. So much. Um, my day has been good. I actually, uh, my fiance, um, I had to wake up at like 5.30 this morning. And so I just got up with him, which I don't use. I'm, I'm usually a pretty, sometimes I get up really early, but I woke up super early with him this morning and I've just been working. I went to Pilates and now I came home, showered, got ready for you. And here we are. Oh my God. I love it. I love a early morning moment. Like if I can get up, I don't like to rise before the sun rises, to be honest. No, me too. But if I can, I tend to have like a super productive like morning. So I personally love it. Good in New York to Mm -hmm. like be one of the only people, like it feels like you're the only person in the world. You know what I mean? It does. I recently discovered this, like literally within the past two days, I have, um, have you heard of like Philips Hue light bulbs? Yes, that, like, yes. Colors. Okay, yes. you can literally set them as an alarm. And so they like gradually turn on over the course of like 20 minutes or 30 minutes and it has changed my life. And then I found out too, like I have Sono oh speakers. Your Sono <gasps> speakers can be an alarm too and it can play whatever music you want. So I literally have my my lights set to like slowly come on like sunlight at like 7 a.m. And then like jazz will start playing. And I'm like, this oh my is- God, my life. It's so much more pleasant than like fucking iPhone chimes in your ear. Yes. Uh, No, I I don't like waking up to the iPhone little ringtones. Actually, when people have like their um, call alerts on and I hear it, I get like triggered in the day. I'm like, it's time to wake up, even though it's 2 p.m. But yeah, I feel like I've been going to sleep so early. So I've had like that natural alarm clock of like waking up at 630. And I'm like, this is this is my ideal. You yeah. can run on your biological clock, your circadian rhythm. I love that. Mine is completely fucked. I don't even think I'm so out of sync with my circadian rhythm. I don't even want to know about it. I'm, I don't know. I'm honestly excited to dive into it with you because 
we've had these little moments of conversation when I've seen you at the break and I'm like, I don't know how this girl does it. I remember my first memory of you is when I moved to New York two years ago and a friend who had already been living here was like, oh, the break is having the sale this weekend. Do you want to go? And she sent me your page. And I just see a video of you, like not knowing who you were at that moment. And you're like, hi, come shop the break <laughs> this weekend, like big personality. And I'm so introverted that I was like, who is this girl? And then I follow. <laughs> oh and then I was like, you know, those, you're one of those people on Instagram that you haven't met in real life, but you feel like you're one of their BFFs. You're like, I, that is the nicest thing I think that anyone has ever said to me. I love that. Cause I'm so self-conscious of this idea of like, cause some, I've met so many people, like obviously the internet, I think we all have this situation now where like we become like internet friends with people and then we meet them in real lives. And like, it doesn't match, like mm. it just doesn't match up at all. Yeah. Like the internet personality is like so different than their IRL personality. Mm. And I've always been kind of self-conscious. Like, I hope that that's not how I come across. Like, I hope that it's oh. like people, I like live up to both, if that makes sense. You definitely so do. So you have a warm, uh, welcoming, like BFF presence. And yeah, uh, I, it definitely matches um, in the best way. So let's dive in. Okay. Yeah. First we must know, let's yes. talk about your astrology sign. What are you? Oh my God. Okay. I'm a Scorpio. Okay. My it's your season. Actually, yes. I know my birthday is November 8th. Oh my God. And I am a, um, Leo moon Capricorn mm. rising. Okay. So this is where the girl boss comes in. Is that Capricorn rising? <laughs> yes. And like, I very much, there are so many things about me. I don't know. I think maybe my friends would disagree where I'm like, I don't really relate to like my Scorpio side, except for like the sexuality and like the, yeah, like, yeah. you know, kind of, I guess maybe dominant nature that I can sometimes <laughs> take on. Um, but I really feel more aligned with like my Leo side. And yes. I feel I'm such a fucking like theatrical bitch. And I like live for like good drama. You know what I mean? And I'm yes. a performer and like everything I do is fucking extreme. And so I think that I, I feel more in tune with like the Leo energy mm -hmm. than like, you know, cause I think that Scorpios get a very bad rap obviously, but like, as like manipulative and I'm like, I would love to be more manipulative. Like, <laughs> so like, I can't, I, I feel like I can't, I don't know how to be like some of these characteristics that yeah. Scorpios like are really known for. I mean, so, I, I love a Scorpio. I'm Aquarius. So Scorpios are like my people. I love a Scorpio moment. I think I mean, like every sign has the potential to be the worst and the best and Scorpios yeah. and like Gemini's just have a bad rep for some reason. I so okay. see that Leo energy in you because you are so warm and bubbly and just like naturally a star. Oh so. God, please. Thank you. That's so, again, so, so flattering, but I appreciate it. <laughs> um, okay. So basically hmm. I want to get to know where I want my audience to know, because I feel like I do know quite a bit about you who you are, what you do, you know, this background story, your family upbringing, where you went to school. Like, let's just hear the lowdown on Hannah and everything that you have come from and where you are right now. And then we'll dive a little bit more into, you know, the break and gush and all this amazing stuff that you've been doing. So. Amazing. Sounds great. Um, my name is Hannah Richtman. I am originally from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I, um, and you can kind of hear it in certain words like Wisconsin and like magazine I say big 
People get oh so mad. God. I still say it. Um, but you know what? I think it's cute. Like I'm not going to yeah. try to change it. No, um, and I moved to New York when I was 18. Um, I started out, I, I moved to New York. I originally wanted to move to New York um, to actually pursue musical theater. <laughs> I did oh musical God. theater like my entire life up until I was 18. And then I had a bit of a, you know, change of heart, I think. And again, like, I think when you're 18 years old, you're literally such a baby. Like you think yeah. you're an adult and you're such a baby. And I, at the time where I kind of decided that that wasn't going to be my life goal, it was like very traumatic for me. Mm -hmm. um, but now looking back, I'm like, why are we allowing 18 year olds to make decisions that are going to impact the rest of their lives? Like I still yeah. barely know what the fuck I'm going to do in the mm -hmm. next couple of years. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so it was, it was an interesting um, kind of transition. I knew, I always knew I wanted to be in New York, whether it was for musical theater or fashion. That was like kind of my other thing that I was always really obsessed with growing up. Um, very eccentric, very much a character um, in Wisconsin, going to public school. Um, and um, yeah, so I, I decided to pursue fashion. I moved to New York City. I went to Fordham at Lincoln Center and um, I got a degree in photography and new media. Oh my God, I and, had no idea. Yeah. Oh. And um, that was also kind of part of my upbringing was it was very much expected that I will go to college mm -hmm. and graduate university. So for me, it wasn't something that I was like really super inspired by necessarily. It was more just like, okay, if I'm doing this, I'm going to do it. I'm going to get it done and I'll do it well because it has my name on it. So I'm going to try to do <laughs> do it my best. Um, but I was so much more focused on working and on experience and like being in New York. So I started interning immediately. I think at one point I was like going to school in, I mean, it's classic. I, this is a very classic story of many people who work in fashion, but you like go to school and then you intern and then you also have a job and then you're doing all these things. And yeah. I thought it was just the best thing ever in the entire yeah. world, like being 18 and being constantly busy and yeah. thinking that it was just the dream come true. It was like very much, I mean, this was back in 2009, 2010. Yeah. Um, and it was just like a hustle culture um, that now looking back is like so incredibly toxic. <laughs> but oh, yeah, it yeah. was like, it felt like sex in the city, you know? It felt like, oh my oh, God. Yeah. Like, it's like the dream moving to New York to be like stressed and, you know. And overworked yeah. and underpaid. And like yes. for all the free in all the free manual labor I did for mm -hmm. like money, many years, I look back and I'm just like, holy shit. I mean, I'm so grateful because I got so many incredible learning experiences and I mm -hmm. have no regrets whatsoever. No complaints either. Um, just like the way that the tides have kind of shifted even in the past couple of years has been really amazing. And yeah. I think it's been so fun to watch and that's a whole other conversation, but, yeah. um, okay, let's see what else. Um, yeah. So grew up in Wisconsin, musical theater, moved to New York, started pursuing fashion. I was a blogger for a little while, um, yeah. back when like blogging was like just starting to become a thing. Yeah. Same. It I, was, I blocked that part out of my life. You know what? <laughs> I have two, but again, like these are, it's so, it's such, it's such a chapter, you know, it's like, it was like such an era of my life and it introduced me to so much. And it also kind of per preceded the break in a really interesting way for me, because it was a blog about like, it, for me, I use it as like a diary. Right. Yeah. And like I was taking outfit pics and like, it was yeah. so, you know, adorable. Um, and I thought I took it very seriously, you know, but, but then I, at a certain point, I started to get really sick of talking about myself. 
you know, I was like, I don't know how much I can, how much longer I can do this. Mm -hmm. And I was so um, interested in other people, you know, and, and I wanted to kind of, how can I expand and create a community out of this? And, you know, that's not just like in the comments, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, And totally. so that was really one of the first kind of realizations where I was like, I don't want to do this blog. I'm done talking about myself. I want to talk with other people. I want this to be a comp- less of a one-sided conversation. And so that was kind of a very original inspiration for the break, which I started um, right out of university. Oh my um, God. Yeah. Oh I don't ask me questions because I'm going to just keep rambling. On. No, we love the ramble. We want the story. You know, I think a huge thing, a lot of the people I have curated for these interviews, they have such loyal followings. And I think those conversations are so necessary because I know so many people who have these amazing ideas and dreams, but they, sorry, hold on. I yeah. literally thought I turned my do not disturb on and apparently I didn't. I'm so <laughs> sorry to the listeners and did that trigger you was that one of your <laughs> no I actually didn't I hear it sound triggers <laughs> I didn't hear it at all oh okay great I, maybe it will come through yeah maybe. I always figured like anyone could hear if like I get a message on my normally you can like I've actually listened to podcasts and then the guest or the speaker like has like that loud ping or something yeah, right. That's exactly and you're just like uh, yeah oh no, god I don't well, think I heard I'm it. To hear it but maybe in the recording I'll see yeah. so yeah. So no, we want to hear the story. We want to hear about the career, you know, because it's so important to have these figures that have cultivated these lives and careers for themselves and feel proud of it. And, you know, they've built these communities that they love. And a lot of people either don't have the resources or, you know, maybe the inspiration of the right people around them to kind of push them in the direction of doing something that they feel really passionate about. And that's what I feel passionate about is like creating those conversations to make other people Absolutely. feel more inclined and passionate to follow their, you know, true path and journey of where they're meant to do, like what they're meant to do and where they're meant to be. Mm-hmm. So with the break, you started that right out of university and mm-hmm. you instantly knew that you wanted to be like vintage community? You know, I went with vintage because it's what I knew. So I was blogging again, like in Wisconsin as a super eccentric little theater girl (laughs) that did not give a fuck about what other people thought of me. Um, I was dressing, I was, I was sourcing everything from Mm. thrift stores and vintage and secondhand. I mean, that was also what I had the budget for. And I remember, you know, growing up, I was obsessed with magazines, obsessed and like obsessed with fashion and pop culture and these editorials that I would see in like all of the like nylon specifically back in like, oh my God, the early 2000s. I thought it was yeah. just like, the best thing that could ever yeah. happen to me. And so I would just pour through them and then go to the thrift store and buy, you know, clothes and recreate these looks, um, Mm -hmm. that I would see in these editorials. And so that's really where I was getting all of my inspiration. And I didn't, I didn't have a budget, nor did I really have access to any kind of like high fashion store in Wisconsin, um, especially back then. And so that's, you know, recreating these pieces from, from vintage. In fact, that's how I learned fashion is so cyclical, Mm -hmm. you know, like 
fashion, the, the trends, they come and they go and it's always, you know, it's a cycle and it's like yeah. waves. And so I was able to kind of find, I was able to kind of recreate the look um, with these pieces that I would find and like cut up or like restyle um, from the thrift store and from vintage stores. So I, you know, with that being said, I, I always had this huge inventory of vintage clothing um, and I would keep it because it's beautiful stuff, even if yeah. it didn't fit me or if it wasn't my style. It was like, I couldn't let it go. I couldn't pass it up. Um, so I had this huge inventory. And when I was, um, while I was blogging, I was also styling. I started like styling mm. some shoes and I was ex like experience experimenting with that. And I would use all vintage clothes, um, you know, because I always thought that it was kind of not, I don't know how to explain it. I was maybe it was laziness, honestly, to like go to the store and like have to buy a bunch of stuff and then return it all. Like I didn't no, want totally. to have to go through that whole process. Mm. I was like, oh God, that sounds exhausting. Um, and occasionally I would do it, but really I thought it was so much fun to kind of be able to pick and style through my own inventory of pieces. So with the break, it was never, um, it didn't start out as like a vintage store or like the vintage was the idea. It started as uh, this hospitality brand, like a kind of huge idea um, that started very, very small. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to, you know, having been in fashion um, for a few years, living in New York for a few years, I would meet so many amazing people. Um, but also we were in this space that kind of, and in this industry, which I think this applies to a lot of industries that felt very elitist. Mm -hmm. um, it felt very, I mean, it's, feels very classist. It's obviously inherently racist and misogynist and all of these things that I'm just like, Ooh, no, this is not the fucking vibe. Um, we can be really chic and also have fun and be kind to each other and be generous and make each other feel good about, you know, it was like, I always felt like, Oh my God, like someone is staring at me from across the room feeling like I don't belong here. Yeah. And maybe that is my own projection, but you know, I do think that a lot of people felt that way. And I certainly did and, and have in the past. So I was like, you know what, why can't we, why can't I, or we, you know, collectively have a space that feels just really fucking generous and really kind. And that's also really chic. And mm -hmm. we can love design and appreciate like high quality things, um, but also, you know, foster high quality relationships and, you know, support each other and have fun and not take everything so fucking seriously. Yeah. I think that was also another thing for me where I was like, this is, you know, it's beautiful. And I, I take fashion and design very seriously to an extent, like oh, it lighten up, you know what I mean? Like there's yeah. certain, there are certain times where it's just like, okay, guys, like we don't need to treat each other this way. Yes, so yeah, 100%. that was kind of the original intention behind it. I was like, okay, I want to, you know, and for me, it was, it was a hospitality brand. For me, it was really a hotel. Um, it was a space where you could shop, you could eat, you could drink, you could dance, you could fuck, you could sleep all under <laughs> one room. And it was very inclusive and really fun and generous and, um, yeah, just really rooted in kindness and also really glam and chic and yeah. cool. Um, and yeah, so this was me being 22 years old thinking, oh yeah, I can absolutely do this with like no funding and I'm just going to go for it. <laughs> That's just wild at 22, you know, you had such a big vision and I will say going to your events, you totally nail 
feeling inclusive for everyone. I would say you're one of the few people in New York that can throw a party where I'm not second guessing showing up alone or showing with one friend, because you're right. There is this energetic trade in our industry, unfortunately, where even if it is our own feelings or actual energy that someone's getting off, it's very exclusive. It's very, it's too serious. Like you said, and we're missing that aspect of like fun and community and support, especially for women. Um, so you've really created a space, like you definitely succeeded at that, but I find it like amazing that at 22 years old, you had this vision, but not only did you have the vision, you, you went for it and you've done it. I mean, I was very lucky to, basically I wrote a business plan. I, um, you know, I, I had just graduated university. I wrote this like 50 page business plan and I did all of this research. You know, it wasn't just like a willy nilly thing where I was just like, oh my God, I'm going to like start this. Like it was very, I was very thoughtful about it and I very much wanted it. But I will also say I have no formal education in business. I have no formal, I don't even have a fashion education. I studied new media and photography. Um, And so I will say that I had a lot of ambition and I had a lot of goals, um, but I had no fucking idea what I was doing Mm -hmm. at the same time. And so I did, you know, I did a lot of research. I, you know, had this instinct. I had this feeling, this gut feeling, like, I think people want this. And I think that other people will really like this, but I started very small because number one, I had no money. Mm -hmm. And number two, I wanted to, I didn't want to shove anything down anyone's throat. I wanted it to be organic. And I wanted people to show me that they wanted it for me to be able to keep going because if it's fake, then it's useless. You know, if like kindness and the generosity of spirit and all of these things that are making the break, what the break is supposed to be, if that's not genuine, um, then it doesn't make any sense. You know, so I think that I I started it in my apartment. I was very lucky. Um, You know, I think I gave, I can't even remember, but I gave myself like six months at that point, um, you know, to see if, okay, let's see if we can generate some traction and see what happens. And with that being said, like I very much knew I wasn't going to open a hotel you know, actually now I take that back. I probably did think I was going to open a hotel in like a year. Like I probably at that point was like, yep, I can do it. No problem. Like I'll figure it out. I love the Um, ambition, which is just, you know, naivete, which I think is also adorable and something that you need to have Mm -hmm. if you're going to like take big risks. Absolutely. Um, But I, yeah, I started in my apartment and I knew that I needed to make money, obviously. Like it's a business. A business needs to make money. It can't just be, you know, an exchange of energy, but I think it can be both. Yeah, I agree. They can marry. They can definitely marry. Yeah, absolutely. And so for me, it was, okay, I'm going to do what I already know, which was the vintage. I had this huge inventory. I'm going to style it in a contemporary way. Um, Because I think also back then, you know, now there are so many brands and so many individuals that are like selling vintage online. And it's this huge phenomenon to like really kind of recontextualize old pieces and make them feel contemporary. But, you know, back when I was doing it, I just, I, I wasn't super aware of a ton of other people doing that. And so I was so excited at this concept. I was like, okay, I'm going to style these clothes. We're going to, we're going to make them feel editorial and we'll sell them and they'll be excessively priced and people will love it. And I'll sell these clothes and that will kind of lead me to the next step. And we'll see if people like that. And one of the ways I did it was online, obviously, um, I you know, built a very basic website and I started selling online, but I also was throwing parties in my apartment. And <laughs> originally it was just my friends. It was actually this apartment that I'm sitting in oh, right now. Oh my God. I've been living here for now almost 10 years, which is crazy. Wow. Um, 
But yeah, I would invite my friends over and we would, you know, play music and get wine drunk and they would try on all my clothes and they would buy them. And, you know, sometimes they would have to force me to allow them to buy them, which mm -hmm. I still have a problem with. Cause I'm like, no, you're my best friend. Just take it, just take it. It's yours. Yeah. Um, which is not great for business. Right. But I think that it was really just this energy that mm -hmm. it was so fun. And it was an excuse to play dress up, not take ourselves so seriously, drink some wine, dance, and like bond with your bitches. You're literally and, describing a break party. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the ones so that I've attended. That's literally how it happened. So it was originally just my friends and I in this apartment. And then people from Instagram started showing up to my apartment. Because oh, I would like post the flyer. I would post my, my, my personal address to Instagram. Literally. And people were just like, yeah, they would show up. And I'm like, come on in. And it started getting a little crazy. And so I was like, okay, this is what I was looking for. Like, people want this. This is, this is cool. This is working. Yeah. And I started making a little bit of money, you know, and enough to like sustain me to live and, you know, continue growing. And from there, um, oh wait, I'm now realizing I have low battery. Of course. I'm so sorry. Hold on. I have to plug my shit in. Um, this is very classic Hannah to just let all of my technology die. You know what? Um, We're human. Technology is not natural. So it's okay. It's out of our control. I love that. That's so beautiful. Okay. We're back. Um, so yeah, so that is essentially how it all happened. It was like parties in my apartment with my friends that grew into what the break is today. So it's always been about parties. It's always been about events and hospitality yeah. and like welcoming people into my home that I wanted them to feel was like their home, their yeah. world our world like let's revel in it we can we can have so much fun here um and support each other here so it yeah that's how it grew we I got a really tiny like 200 square foot studio in Bushwick um it had no heat and no AC but it had beautiful natural light and we would just shoot in there um throw parties in there and it just kept growing and growing until it got to a point where you know the online business um, was always like, I always wanted to have a website, obviously, in this like virtual yeah. presence. It was abundantly clear to me from the jump that this company is meant to be experienced IRL. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's a, you know, and I wanted to, it's difficult to translate that virtually um, for anything, I think. Yeah. Um, but that's, you know, that realization was like, okay, maybe I should do a pop-up. For a month, you know, and again, like it was never about retail. The break was never about retail, but I, I figured, okay, the, the product is selling and I, if I can have a store, then I can have a physical space to invite people to. Yeah. And that's a venue, you know, and that's yeah. all, you know, it's not like a tiny, it's not my apartment and it's not a really like shitty studio in the middle of nowhere, Brooklyn, where like, it's, you know what I mean? Where I figured if I can get a retail space, then I can have a venue. And so I did a pop-up actually um, in a metal shop. And um, I, because I literally couldn't afford a normal, like a, a retail space. Um, and the uh, owner, Anthony, who 
ended up becoming my landlord for five years, like where everyone kind of remembers the break vintage in Greenpoint. Um, he basically was running the metal shop and I didn't know this at the time, but he was also the landlord of all of those spaces on Dobbins Street. And then he became the landlord for the spaces on Norman as well. Um, oh but God. he basically built, he rented me like the 300 square feet in front of this metal shop. And I was ecstatic and I couldn't wait. He built me walls and literally we were there for an entire month and we had wine and we had pop-ups and we had vintage and we invited people into this space and literally metal work would be going on in the background. It was like, and we're like drinking wine and no one gave a fuck. And we sold all of our inventory and it was the most incredible experience. It was exhausting. Mm. Um, but it was so revealing, like, okay, if I have a retail space, I can, I can do this all the time. Yeah. And it was my, that at that moment, my mom, um, is who is still to this day, my CFO. Um, she asked me, she's like, Hannah, you do this, you go for it. Like she saw, she came and she saw like what we had done. And she was also kind of seeing the numbers yeah. and she was like a retail space makes sense. Go, um, do it. I'll be your CFO. And I'll make sure that like everything makes sense. You don't have to worry about that. You can focus more on the business side and the oh creative God. side. That's amazing. And I was like, are you sure? And she was like, yes. And she's still to this day, my CFO. She is the most incredible woman. I have nothing but respect and love and admiration oh for her for handling all of that for me because I'm not so great with that side. Of yeah, things. no, that's amazing. And to have it like be family, like you can yeah. trust them to the core I also am always just like in awe of how quickly you flip these spaces. I, like I told you when I saw you at, like, I think it was your last location for the break. You were telling me like how you guys were flipping this space and everything. I was like, I've been trying to put up one shelf in my closet for the last three <laughs> months. And still to this day, three months after this event, I still mm -hmm. have not put up the shelf. You so you're what? just like a doer. And I'm always like, so impressed There's by how quickly you do under it. My ass. You know, yeah. it's so, it is interesting though, because there are certain things that take me forever as well. I think I'm a procrastinator. In fact, I know that I'm a procrastinator. Really? No, I, I would, I would never label you as it. I need a little fire under my butt. Like mm -hmm. I do, I need, I need there to be an, an opening date. Yes. You know, people are coming. It's already advertised. Get it the fuck done. Yeah. And I'm also just very, very impatient too. Mm. So I think that it's, I, it's also time is money, you know, it's with, Absolutely. with something like a shelf in my apartment, I'm the exact same way. Like I will sit there and look at it. Like if it's, if I'm not like, if it's not costing me anything to like, let it sit there, it will. It yeah. definitely will. <laughs> but with, with, you know, what I've learned, especially as you know, we've now been, I've opened God five, six different spaces, um, time money. And yeah. I think that it is, we're, we're still very much a small business. Um, even though we have expanded and grown in so many ways, especially since my apartment, like it's still, you know, I'm, I have always been responsible for a team of people. Um, I, you know, I'm, and I care deeply about making sure that like all of my bills are paid on time, that we don't yeah. acquire any debt, you know? Um, and that's something that I think my mom taught me as well. Both my parents are bankers. So they uh, kind of instilled the fear of God in me when it comes to money growing up, yes. um, which I've kind of reevaluated and, and um, 
I've reevaluated my relationship with money in the past couple of years, just in general, as I've become more of an adult, I'm not nearly as scared of it anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, But you know, I think that with, with opening up any space, like if you, I set a deadline for myself and I do whatever I need to do to, to get there. And it's also not only me and it's never only been me. It's always been in collaboration with an incredible fucking team. Um, My friends who have always shown up for me and helped me. And I also now have these really beautiful relationships with people who are like contractors or movers, or, you know, when I call them and I say, Hey, I need, I need this move today. They're like, I'll be there in an hour. You know, Uh, like I, because they're my people, I love them and I will always support them and they will always support me. And it's, it's a mutual and a very beautiful um, relationship. And that's a beautiful thing to foster, especially living in New York, because, you know, a lot of relationships do have an expiration date here and things are moving so quickly all the time. It's hard to hold and foster every relationship that you create. So to have that here and have that almost small town feel in a big city, it's the goal. Always. I really, really love how you just described that because I think that's like, honestly, a little mind blowing to me because I think that a lot of times people have been like, oh, like you have such Midwestern hospitality. And I, I mean, I'm from Wisconsin and I can totally see that. Yeah. But I think that's so true that what I've really been trying to cultivate is that small town feeling within the the craziness of New York City and how it can oftentimes feel so isolating to be here mm-hmm. and to create that community of people where you know you can rely on these people you know that if you walk into any break space you will feel at home and yeah. you will feel like you belong there and that is such a small town like feeling and I, I love that because I don't think I ever kind of really connected those two dots yeah I mean and you totally have like you definitely give out that energy and yeah it's always impressed me so much because I I think it definitely lacks here and also coming from such a small town it, you know, you crave that and you search for that. And I think everyone around our age comes to New York feeling the same way. Mm-hmm. So to have like a space like that and to have, you know, this community that you have built is so special. And I mean, I'm, I know we can get into this as well now, but the break is having some shifts. You're now actually officially moving into this hospitality realm yep. versus having a store or, um, maybe it is still an event space, but maybe you can explain more about that. I'm so curious and so excited. Absolutely. I would love to. I mean, I think that this, so when we did that pop-up in the metal shop, it propelled us. um, Basically the Anthony, the guy who helped me do that pop-up in his metal shop, he was like, Hey, I also am the landlord for the space next door. It's coming up for rent next month. Do you want it? It's yours. And I said, sold, which it was like the most, it was fate. It was just fate that it happened. And so I went from, you know, having 200 square feet, 300 square feet of space to having 1200 square feet of retail space. And I had to hire staff and I had to, you know what I mean? Like retail staff. And I had, I became a manager um, overnight and that was a huge transition, but it was so one that I took very seriously. And I've always taken um, my people and my team um, and making sure that I do my best to lead with um, kindness and generosity and consideration. Um, and again, absolutely, I'm not perfect, but I think that that was a huge transition for me to be like, okay, I am now very much worried about other people and making sure that we can keep things going here. Um, so we were, we were retail, um, for, you know, four years after that, um, very kind of traditional. 
I don't know if you could call the break traditional retail. I mean, you could walk in the doors and buy something, but we were also like serving rosé to every single person who walked in yeah. and like throwing parties until four in the morning where everyone took their tops off by the end of it. You yeah, know, it it's like- definitely an experience. Like I would it's definitely say the break yeah. is an experience that you can, you know, uh, add some really cool vintage pieces to your closet, but I would always go for an experience for sure. I love that. And yeah. that's kind of what we wanted to create. I was, we were hosting a ton of events from panels to, you know, happy hours to dance performances, to movie premieres, to, you know what I mean? Things like that. Yeah. And that's always, always the best part of having that space. And that was, that was the intention, but down the line, as you know, we grew um, and the community grew, the demand grew. And I was sourcing, hand sourcing everything myself um, with one of my team members, like whoever, you know, was uh, originally it was like one girl. And, you know, as people left, um, I would bring one other team member with me to help me source every single week. And it just got to this point where, I mean, we were having to source 600 pieces a week. And that is amazing. And how incredibly lucky to have the demand that we did. Um, but it's exhausting Mm -hmm. and it's difficult and it's 12 hour days of like digging and, um, you know, it's yeah. And, and, and also branding something like that as well. You know, it was very, like, everything has always been very curated. Yeah. So it became challenging. It was not, it wasn't scalable, you know, and for me as well, I, I'm someone who I give my all to everything that I do. And I was, I was burning out. I was really burning out. Um, but you know, how do you stop that hamster wheel of success, right? You're like, oh my God, it's working, it's working, it's working. Why would I jump off the hamster wheel right now into something that I don't potentially know will work? And like, what if I lose everything, you know? And so it kept me kind of in this place where we were retail um, and it was never the point. Retail was never really the point. Um, The tops were, that was, that, that was, this is what I think was the biggest thing for me was, it was never about the tops, you know, like I love the tops. The tops are amazing. I want everyone to love the tops, but it was never about the tops. And so when it started to feel a little bit like it was about the tops, it's, it made me a little, um, crazy. And so I, I, you know, was getting to that place of starting to feel like I was running myself into the ground and not really getting closer to that original intention of this kind of super holistic hospitality, um, you know, world where again, like I also, as time went on and I learned more and more about business, um, I realized, oh my God, this is going to take a lot more money to achieve this like large scale goal that I had originally, um, than I had ever really considered. Um, so it got to this point where I was working, working, working. We were sourcing as much as possible. We moved into a bigger space around the corner, which was amazing. And this was in November of 2019. And then um, we, in February of 2020, my mom called me and she was like, you did it. Um, This entire time as well, I had been trying to open a bar in the break. Um, Oh my God. (laughs) For years, for years. Um, I had lawyers, I had applied, like I had done all, oh yeah. Um, And trying to (laughs) open a bar in New York City um, as a young woman, number one, with, you know, in in kind of a conceptual way as well. Obviously, to me, the break was always a bar. We just never made any money on it, you know, like, and so for, for me, I was like, oh, it's so obvious. Like, I should be able to, it should be totally fine for me to serve wine to my customers. Like, why is this a big deal? Um, And New York City said, 
no, that is a big deal. Um, because who the fuck are you? Number one, uh, what, like it's, it's just an idea that I think is taking a lot of people time to adjust to this idea of like experiential retail. They're like, well, you're a store. Why you're not a bar. And I'm like, yeah, it can be both. Yeah. It can and it should be both. So anyways, this entire time I was really focused on like opening a bar, but again, it costs a lot of money to do something like that. Um, and I had never done it before. Um, so in February of 2020, my mom finally calls me and she's like, you did it. You are at a financial point where you are making enough money that you can open your bar. You can relax a little bit, you know, and then we all know what happened in March of 2020. Uh, yes. So it was like this super high, high of like, oh my God, like I am taking this huge next step into creating this hospitality world that I had always dreamed of. Um, and that I've been working so hard and my team and I have been working so hard for years to achieve. And then we lost everything to the pandemic um, and during the pandemic. And that was, you know, both a very terrifying and obviously incredibly tragic and traumatic time for the world at large um, and me as a person <laughs> who has a lot of health anxiety, um, mm -hmm. but also as, you know, a leader and as a business owner and as a retail business owner, you know, closing our doors, not knowing when we're going to open again, not really sure how to kind of navigate the situation and, and, you know, being responsible as well for my employees. I mean, I remember as soon as, you know, we really, I think it was, I can look up the date. I think I closed March 13th. 2020, which was earlier, like the city hadn't closed everything down yet, but I was like, fuck this. We don't know anything about this. And I'm not putting my employees in danger. Yeah, absolutely. Not. I'm closing mm -hmm. the store. And yeah. I, I didn't, it wasn't ever a, a second thought for me. I was just like, mm -mm. like my, my employees, my family, people from my community can potentially die from being at the break. No, cut it off done. It's done. Um, but that also obviously came with a lot of, uh, ramifications and, um, it was really, really hard. It was yeah. very difficult to navigate and a lot of uncertainty and a feeling of a loss of control. You know, like I felt like, oh my God, I had done all of these things and my team and I had done all these things to get to this place. And now you can lose everything. Um, even if you don't fuck up, you know? Right. And so it was, it was very, a very interesting time. Um, and we, you know, obviously very much a struggle, just like everyone. Um, but it was also, you know, you know, now looking back, it did give me personally, um, the rest that I needed. Yeah. Uh, I was so proud and it, it put me losing everything and being like, well, fuck now what I was like, you know what, I'm not ready to give up on this. I'm not ready to stop. Um, so why don't I just realign with the original intention and we focus, we double down on hospitality and, you know, we got a lifeline in PPP. Um, we, I was able to kind of keep things going at a rate where, you know, we did survive and, um, we pulled through and, but it was also, you know, kind of sheer, just like determination. Like I'm not done. The break yeah, isn't absolutely. done. Absolutely. No. The, is the break ever done? Never, never. The break is an enigma and it is an energy and the break will never be done. Um, I certainly hope not. No. Um, but yeah, so that was basically, that was the point where I was like, you know what, fuck all this. I'm going to 
get back. I'm going to take care of myself, number one, because I was not doing that for a few years. Um, I'm going to kind of realign with this original hospitality intention. I'm going to double down and I am going to open that fucking bar. And I Mm -hmm. am going to, you know, do, I'm going to, I'm going to move more in that direction. And I'm going to stop, get, I'm going to jump off the hamster wheel because I was kind of forced off the hamster wheel. So from then I kind of, of, you know, things started to pick back up. We started to come back into reality and I decided that we were going to open a bar in that current space. Then because of like certain limitations um, with that address and that building, we weren't able to legally open a bar there. So I decided to move and I said, okay, well, let me go find a place where I can. And that turns out to be insanely difficult as well very, very, very expensive, huge learning experience, um, working, you know, within commercial real estate, because at that point I had had one landlord who I was friends with, you know, like he was always, he and I supported each other and, um, working together for years. And it was like this very kind of wonderful relationship that I think is incredibly rare in New York city to have between landlord and tenant. Mm -hmm. Um, and since then, you know, I haven't found that. I haven't found it since, but, you know, it, it got to this point where I was looking, I was looking, I was looking, I was applying for all of these, um, you know, I was doing all of the things with the community board and the liquor licenses, all these things. And it just wasn't panning out. And so I said, you know what, I'm going to stop asking for permission and start asking for forgiveness. And let me just find a studio space. I just need good light. I need, it doesn't need to be ground level. It doesn't even need to be a bar. I just need to like get my community back into the space so we can kind of reignite what what we had built together. And so that's when I found, um, yeah, 62 Allen, which was a 6,000 square foot like office space yeah. that we completely transformed um, into a, you know, break apartment. Yeah, that space was insane. I was like, when can I move in here? (laughs) I literally felt the same way every single day. And the amount of time, I mean, every single day someone would ask like, so do you live here? And I'm like, oh my God, I wish. I absolutely wish. (laughs) With like the Um, bed and everything. (laughs) I know, but I I love that. Like, that's what I wanted it to feel like. And it was a very full circle moment for me. You know, it wasn't exactly what I had set out to do. You know, these huge goals of like a bar and a restaurant and a hotel and all these things. But it was a step closer because it was much more, uh, it had a kitchen, you know, we were able to like host people for dinners for, we called it breakfast, like breakfast. Um, and we were able to kind of produce a quality and a type of event that I was, that was less focused on retail, the entire space, you could buy everything in that space. Like if you open the drawers in, or the doors in the kitchen cabinets, like it was all vintage and you could take it all home with you. Yeah. Um, That was the coolest feature about that space. You literally could shop, hang out, like everything was available, but like there was also no pressure to shop. It was amazing. I didn't want it to feel like a retail experience at all. Mm-hmm. I didn't want it to like, I didn't want you to see prices on everything. I didn't want it to be like, oh, I can't sit on this couch because it has a price tag on it. Like, it's like, yeah. no, if you sit on the couch, enjoy yourself, relax, spend several hours here with us. Let's have a good time. If you love the couch so much by the end of the night and you want to take it home with you, you definitely can. <laughs> um, but there's no pressure. And I think that that's another, that's the way that I've always wa- run and wanted to run my retail business was it's no pressure. It's not about, pitching sales. It's about making people feel so incredibly good in the space that they're comfortable enough to start trying things on. And if they don't buy something today, they will think of you the next time they do need something because they're going to think, wow, that experience 
was great. You know, I felt so good there. I'm going to go back and I'm going to bring friends next time. And so that was, it was always kind of a long game for me when it came to retail sales. Um, and that's how we, you know, did the following space too, was we, ha we did have retail, you know, that's what people have really kind of known, always known us for and loved us for. Um, but it was also a space where we can experiment with these different types of hospitality experiences, uh, including food and beverage in a way yeah. that was very, um, ask for forgiveness instead of permission. Yeah, <laughs> so, no, it kind of, Honestly, it has been amazing from the two years that I have been following the journey and have heard about the past experiences from friends who have been in New York far longer than I have. It's just amazing. And speaking of going or, you know, not having that retail experience, mm -hmm. now you have created Gush. Yes. I actually just ordered my pair yesterday. I, I shipped it out. I shipped it out this morning. I am so excited. I saw that you ordered and I cannot wait for you to try. I think I'm I hope so excited. I, this is a pain point for me. I have always had my Lebanese Arab, like, you know, I'm European. I'm Lebanese. I'm Italian, Portuguese. So I've always had these curves. And I think any girl listening to this can, you know, agree with us that thongs are problematic in every possible way. So when you were posting these, I was like, I just need a drawer of this. Like I straight up just need a drawer of these. I'm going to throw everything else away because you know, when you're out and you're like, song is uncomfortable, it ruins your mood. You're like, you, what it the fuck? How you feel about yourself. Yes. It's when you're constantly focused on like, on, on the pinching or the bunching or like, yeah. or like, it just draws too much attention. It draws attention away from what you should be focusing on, which is That's like right. life in front of you and makes you think about your body, which no, that should not ever be the case. Especially in New York, we're constantly moving. Plans are changing, you know? And so when there's one aspect, that's a little bit uncomfortable, you're so not present. Mm -hmm. So let's dive into that. How did this yeah. start? What's happening with it? I think that Gush was all also a very, Gush was even more organic. I did not write a business plan. I had no intention. Of, it was overnight. It, it literally was felt overnight. Yeah. It, it felt that way to me too. And it was kind of jarring. Um, I think that it was, it was absolutely not planned. Uh, and it was, it was a pain. It started with a pain point for me as well, where I, you know, it was during the, the pandemic is obviously it's still happening, but this was back in uh, January of 21. Um, we were still very much kind of locked down. We weren't really going out that much. I had been taking a lot of nudes um I was you know really and I've always worn thongs I've always yeah. worn thongs my entire life um and honestly I'm now imagining me as a baby wearing thongs which I think is just <laughs> but um I I honestly, love it maybe that okay, honestly <laughs> you need to find like a baby picture and have someone photoshop a pair of gush on you like that is I know the skirt. perfect photo already. I literally have this baby photo of me where I have a, like, it's me and like another baby. And we're both standing at a bathtub, like sideways. It's like a side profile. And my ass is huge. My <laughs> ass is absolutely huge. It's not like a normal little baby, but it's like an ass. It's a donk. Like, it's oh my I, God, you were I just gifted from birth. Seriously. Oh my wow. I don't know about that, but oh truly, my God. I know exactly. I'm totally take, thank you for that idea because that's brilliant. Um, <sighs> but I, yeah, so with Gush, it was, I, I had been, you know, again, like kind of reconnecting with my body during the pandemic. And I uh, was, you know, again, like taking a lot of nudes and I wear thongs all the time. And I'm like, why the fuck? I just, one day, which this had been happening over the past several years. It's like, okay, you, you go look for this dream thong. Right. And then yeah. 
when you can't find it, it's like, why? Like, why is this? And again, it was hyper-specific. I was very, I'm always been very, very specific about the material that I want, the exact cut, the exact way I want it to sit and look. Um, and it was, you know, something that I just couldn't, a black thong is historic, right? Like they, yeah. thousands exist. Many, many people are making thongs. So for me, it was like, not really about, um, I just didn't understand why I couldn't find the exact one that I wanted. And so I posted to Instagram and to my story. And I was like, I literally, I drew a diagram too. I was like, this is what I want it to look like. And I cannot draw. It was really embarrassing. Oh, hold on. Excuse me. It's okay. Go for it. Okay, that's wow, your listeners are going to just get the full Hannah Richtman apartment experience. The I'm, baby's face as you're carrying like that. I know. She's like, <laughs> she's like, I want to go bark at whoever just rang the doorbell. Yes, thank oh you. Oh my God, she's so cute. She's such a little thing. She's very special and I absolutely adore her. She's the best thing to ever happen to me in my entire life. Um, she is also getting old. So mm. she's like crabby, you know, yeah. um, a cute way, but I'm like, girly, you don't have to bark like this. Just go back to sleep. Just go back to sleep. You're fine. I um, love a personality, a little sassy personality oh on a pet God. is my favorite thing. She is. So I'm actually though convinced that, and this, thank you. Um, <laughs> she and I, she is me and like, I am her, but like different dimensions. And for some reason, ours, our dimensions crossed. That's a very weird thing to believe, but I honestly, believe. I love the Instagram posts of usually it's like you, your fiance, and then she's just kind of like running in the background as well with you guys, like a little family. And I'm like, this is not like, this is like the cutest thing I've ever seen. That's so sweet. Thank you so congrats, much. Congrats, by the way, on your Thank engagement. You. I love Thank love so much. Oh, I'm, I am just so in love with him. He's the Ugh. most incredible person I've ever met in my entire life. Honestly, you can see it. Him. You know, I've never witnessed you guys in person. You can see the energy clearly. And I'm just like, wow, you know, it, I, it's a great example for these girls out here to not settle. So uh, we met on Tinder and <gasps> it was absolutely a booty call. So if it restores anyone's faith in that, that I am dead. They marry your booty call. This is a modern love story. It truly is so funny. Uh, um, but he really is, is like, I, I respect him mm. so much. I think that he's just the most wonderful. I, I aspire to be more like him, you know? Oh my oh, God. He's so great. And I feel my so heart. lucky and I'm. I know it's really, it's so. No, do you know how rare it is to hear friends chat about their partner like that? It's, Mm -hmm. we need more of this. I just like melted hearing you say that because that is so pure. And like, that's what fucking love is. Oh my God. And it's like (sighs) partnership. And it's really like, yeah, I think my mom always said this and I never really believed her. And again, like I also never saw myself as someone who would get married. I never saw myself as like a, like, I guess I've always been a relationship person, but I've always been so independent. So this idea of like actually being equal partners with someone was always kind of like this. I didn't believe that I could be that way um, because I'm I'm a lot of personality. Right. And so I, I always kind of felt like, oh, well, that's not really for me. And that's okay. 
Um, and then now after having met Simon and I, I mean, I knew like almost mm. immediately and my mom always, always had, when you know, you know, and I'm like, okay, corny, <laughs> um, but it's true. It really is true. And like, don't, I, I, it will happen. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. the thing. like you, it does happen for everyone and it will happen. And when it does, you will know, uh. you will definitely. Well, I'm so excited for you guys. And you guys are a true example of a partnership and love. And uh, we want to see more of it. I never, I'm usually, I'm Aquarius. So I'm usually the type that gets super cringed out over like, you know, like ooey gooey things. I've never been like that in my own relationships unless it's pure. Like it's so pure and I'm just like eating it up. And then I'm all of a sudden I'm the gushy one. And I'm like, look at that. And like I, the little I, dog in the bag. I know. I know. She just like follows us and she, yes. she just, she's like, it's my I moment. love it. Um, well, thank you so much. I appreciate that. And I, yeah, I really, it is, it is certainly pure. I do love that little bit. Uh, uh, so <laughs> um, love both of my bitches, love my little furry bitch and my uh, tall Swedish bitch. Uh, I love it. Um, so speaking of booty call back yes. to us. Yes. Oh gosh, exactly. Perfect. So, um, yeah. So again, like I wanted the song and I posted about it to Instagram and I drew a diagram and I was like, this is it. And I wanted to, you know, why, why are all thongs like most thongs, like straight across? I wanted to feel like this and I wanted to be like this. And I put up like a question box on, on your story. And I got so many fucking responses on from so many women and some of them were like oh try this brand try this brand try this brand I got great recommendations and like these are brands that I already like know and love and like have purchased from and or have like experience in one way or another and I like look into all of these brands I'm like okay great um let me look and I still like after doing more research I was like no like nothing is exactly it it's not Mm -hmm. exactly right and uh the other like 85% of people were like, I want this as well. Make it, make it, make it like that was me. This, you know, (laughs) we need it. Yes, exactly. So many people. And I was like, y'all come on. I don't know how to make a thong where, how would I do that? I I don't know how. Um, and a wonderful friend slid into my DMS, um, and was like, Hey, if you, you should make this. And if you want to, I used to work for a lingerie brand and I know an amazing pattern maker and I would be happy to connect you if you're uh, interested. Everything and is connected. Again, this was, it was so crazy and it was so beautiful and so organic. And it, it was this experience of like talking about thongs with literally like a hundred girls in my DMs for, you know, a week straight. It was so much fun and so like gratifying to like have such a silly little thing to like kind of share joy and share passion about like with with strangers too I mean I had strangers women that I knew but even strangers sending me nudes like in DMs of (sighs) them in underwear I wanted to look like this like something like this and I'm like yes exactly like it was we were all just thing in the DMs about songs and it was so fucking fun. And so I, when, when, um, Leah reached out to me, she was like, yeah, I'll connect to you. And I was like, okay, let's go. Like, uh, let's see what happens. And this was also at a time where the break was really slow, you know, retail yeah. was slow to, to get back into going. And I was really kind of ready. It was perfect timing. Cause I think I was ready for 
another creative project. I mean, I had been working on the break at that point for God, probably six or seven years yeah, um, and had been creating that world and that brand. And so I was, you know, kind of excited at this opportunity to try something new and to learn something new about the industry. And it, there was no intention of like making it a brand or like, you know, I was just thinking, oh my God, well, if I can like figure out how to design this song, like that could be a really fun project. And yeah. I was ready to kind of dip my toes into, into that experience and, and into that challenge. So I connected with um, Ayaka who made the pattern for me and um, she's absolutely wonderful. And she was like, yes, I will totally do this. Let's go. She was like, do you need help with production? I was like, yes, I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, please. I definitely would love to speak with someone who knows how to produce stuff. Um, and she connected me with David and I'm still working with both of them. Um, and we, we got to work and it's been, it was almost two years from the start of when I first posted to the launch. Um, and it took, a, you know, it's, I am very new at this. I don't really know how to, to design a garment or produce a garment or, or get things done, but it became abundantly clear from the jump that there was a demand for it. Um, and that, that community that was built around it, I was like, I'll just make like 50 just for us. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'll just, cause again, like I also didn't really know about like scale or factories or operations or things like that. I don't even sew myself. I'm not, I'm not out here pretending, but I, that I'm like a designer in any way, but I, I definitely was like, okay, well, if, if I want this silhouette, it would be so nice to have for myself. And also I'll make enough for the people who also want it, um, who have been, you know, DMing me about it. And I posted about the entire process, just like every single sample I got in, I would post about it and I would be, was able to like get feedback in real time and connect with all of these people in real time um, about this song. And I got their opinions and I, it was, it was just such a point of um, connection and joy and and it's such a fun experience to work on something that where it feels like the best group project ever, like a dream group project, you know? And um, yeah, so it was, it was incredibly fun. I went through first sample, then made some tweaks, second sample, made some tweaks. And then the third sample, I made 50 pairs and I sent those out to 50 different uh, women for them to try and, and review. And cause I wanted, you know, again, it's also very me, like if I'm going to make something, I want it to be like the best possible. Absolutely. Best I can possibly make yes. it. Um, so it, again, like it became clear based on the, I, when I said, okay, I'm going to make 50. So like DM me if you want one. And I figured that I would like have a ton of leftovers. I got like 400 people <laughs> DM me saying that they wanted I'm to I'm not surprised it. at all. I was blown away. And I was like, okay, fuck. Like, I don't even have enough fabric to make enough for the people who have already been like following this journey and talking to yeah. me about it. Like, this is a thing. This is a thing. So that's when it really became clear, like, okay, I'm going to make this song. This is going to be so much fucking fun. I'm going to, I'll make, I think the first run, I think we only made like 300 total. Um, which I now know when I first did that, I was like, that's so many, that's so many thongs. Like, I don't, I'm not going to sell all of those. We'll be sold out immediately. You know, yeah. like it was, it was so like the product has been so much fun to, to create and to perfect, but really the best part has been again, like very similar to the break. Like it's this community and it's this like gushing in the DMS about something so, so simple and sweet, but it's something that like has this inherently visceral experience tied to it. Yeah. And this 
emotional experience tied to it. Mm. Um, and so for people who love thongs and who wear thongs, I hope that this is um, a product that they really love, but I also hope that they feel like they can like join in the conversation and it can be fun. And yeah, we, that they have a little community, we're like a little thong family now. Yeah. And I think it's like a, it's a great example of having an idea, not knowing exactly how to make it come to life, but then exploring and, you know, staying open to possible opportunities. Like you put it out there to your community, which a lot of people are fearful of doing. They have this thing of like having to look like cool and mysterious on Instagram. They don't want to put things out, right? Putting things out is actually what helps you get closer to where you want to go for help. Like like that seriousness, like you don't need to be so serious. We're all human. You need to ask for help. Connection is everything. You know what I mean? Literally just fashion. It's just, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, totally, totally agree with that. And I, I think that that was truly, yeah, how this all came to be. And I've, I've gotten so much more out of it than if I were to just like, keep it all to myself. That yeah, can be such an isolating thing. And to me, it was so much less about like, oh, again, like it's not about the tops. Like it's not about the thong. It's like, yeah, okay. The thong is great. Like I, I personally love the thong. It's hyper specific to exactly what I wanted. Yeah. Um, so it was a product that I really wanted. That's for me that I also got feedback on from the very specific people in my DMS who also wanted it. Um, and then it became available to all of us, but it was really more about like us having a point of connection and like being able to kind of distract ourselves from like the everyday by like talking about a tiny piece of fabric that absolutely is fun and made us feel good. And again, like, yeah, it's, it's the community. And I think that without it, like I would never have done this. I never would have done this unless there was a bunch of support from the get-go and when I asked for help, when I asked for people's opinions, when, you know, someone just slid in and offered me the opportunity to connect with a pattern maker, like I wasn't planning on going out and finding that myself. Like it was when you ask for help and when you put these things into the world, like the world comes back and, and gives them to you. And Absolutely. It, it's a beautiful testament to, I think, you know, being vulnerable a little bit and also like speaking what you want out into the world. And, and sometimes you can, you can get it back tenfold. Oh, a hundred percent. And I mean, it's just wild what you're able to come up with when you bring in this community. And I think the difference with you that I've noticed, you never make it about you. You make it about your community. And I think that's where that organic uh, success and following and people actually wanting to be involved. Like I've I love the reviews you keep putting on your stories of these girls DMing you like intimate stories. And I'm like, I never realized that like a thong could be so fucking interesting and like entertaining for me. Like, I'm just like following a lot. I'm just like, this is amazing. It's so fucking fun. It's just fun, lighthearted. And it's so sweet. And like strangers being vulnerable, like in the D like, it's just, it's girl. It's the girls. The girls are yes. gushing. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, that's this idea. <laughs> like it, that's what's been so fun about it. And so I want it to, when I was branding it out, you know, and again, like I, I've been branding the break for so many years and I love it. That's like something that I really feel like where I get to kind of flex my creative muscle and, yeah, and create a vision it. and create a world around oh well thank you but I did it with my friend Sophia who actually worked for me um as an employee a retail employee at the break in 2019 
I want to say maybe 2018. And she's an incredible, incredible graphic designer. And she actually rebranded the Breaks logo. She and I have been working together for years. I She obviously does not work for the Break anymore. Um, but ever, she and I have always uh, remained friends, remained close and uh, remained collaborators. And she and I worked um, tirelessly to kind of produce the uh, visual world and the like physical asset uh, world around Gush. And that was the most fun thing to do. Like now that we're finally done, like Sophia and I are like, can we just like launch a new brand every year so that we can like create? This? Oh, I'm here for that. Oh, I mean, I kind of am too, although it's a lot of work, Um, but it's been very, very fun to kind of create this world that hopefully feels as exciting and as representative as um the experience of like the DMs. Yes. And like the experience of connecting with one another does like kind of translating that into a visual identity that feels exciting and, um, you know, personal, but also professional, you know, yeah. like I, yeah. it's, it's been very, very, very fun to work on and really liberating. Yeah. Sure. Well, it's been fun to follow along and, you know, I will say you definitely, have that energy of inspiring people to show up with like high energy, you know, dedication, purpose, community, all of those things married together. And it shows very strongly every time you start something new. So that's been great to follow along with. And, you know, that's why I want to have this conversation with you today. Cause I know for maybe those listeners who don't know of you, you're, uh, you know, you're someone that has that power to inspire others. So going from that, if you had a tip for someone that wants to start their own business, what is like one thing you would tell them? Oh my God. Um, well, I think that again, like I just mentioned asking for help. I yes. think that um, relying, like it, you're never, it's never, you're never gonna do it alone. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like don't try. Um, and also you shouldn't want to. No, it's you not know what fun I mean? that way. It's not fun that way. It's so much more fun when you can work around people that also were where you're all moving towards a common goal um and that has been the most beautiful thing you know business is very hard and it's very risky and it's scary and it's um sometimes really uh traumatizing in certain ways um and it's not for you know owning and operating your own business is it's an incredibly large task um, that is meant that you should, you know, take very seriously if it's something yeah. that you want to do, but it can be also the most rewarding and fulfilling thing um, when it's, you know, regarding something that you're genuinely passionate about, passionate about, which I think everyone always says, it's like, find your passion. And it's like, okay, but maybe your passion is like people, you know, and, right. and cultivating, you know, it, you can, you can kind of hone in on um, like beautiful values through anything, like any product, any, you know, and communicate those and also live by them. Mm. I think that that's, you know, it can get really difficult to, you're not going to always do the right thing. Um, You're not going to always make the right decision. Things are not going to feel good at certain points or they're going to feel bad. You know what I mean? But if you can kind of stay true to your values and if your moral compass is straight and you know that okay, I'm going in the right direction because this, I, I'm a good person. I am 
doing right by my team. I'm doing right by my customer. I'm, I'm making the best decisions I can possibly make in the moment. Then, then you're going, you're heading in the right direction. Um, I think that, yeah. And again, like asking for help, utilizing your, your community and sharing things with them. And also when someone gives is generous with you, be generous in return. Um, and kindness is the greatest gift you can give to others and also to yourself. Um, I think that that has been, I, I have, I think it's true that I've never like the break very specifically, I think with blogging, um, where it was all about me. Um, and then kind of this transition, I was very purposeful in, um, I don't want the break to be about me at all. Um, Mm. I don't think I was ever even on the Instagram. Maybe I am now like once, but really, um, it's, always been I want because I didn't want people to walk in and see me in the clothes and see me in the space like I wanted them to see their friends I wanted yeah, them to see you themselves. post like, like the customers I've never yeah, I, I, I rarely experienced that it's you know these curated moments with models which is great but so many times you guys have events and then I'm like wait I saw all these girls there like she's posting these customers yeah. and like community and it's just well, like I said it's like that bff vibe on Instagram yeah yeah, hundred percent. And I think that, I think that it was very specific and I was very kind of, Oh, I don't want, I don't want people to even know me. You know, I don't, I want it to be about other people. And I think that now I've, I've kind of evolved a little bit. And as I've gotten older where I'm like, okay, there can be a healthy balance because I think that I, I have a lot of pride in um, the beautiful work that I've been able to um, produce in in collaboration with so many incredible people that you know I can stand up on and say we did this. This is fucking cool, yeah. you know. So I think that I've now kind of come to more of a balance of okay, I can still I can I can have pride and I can you know be um, I can speak for myself and not just through a brand perspective, but I can be Hannah Richtman and the break can exist and gush can exist with my influence. Cause at the end of the day, I think the break is me. It's my personality as a business. So is gush because these are inherently really, really personal um, endeavors that have been formed through many, many real life connections and it's not about a business and it's not about the analytics and it's not about, you know, it is, those things are important. But for me, I think that I've able to now kind of imbue a bit more of myself into kind of the meaning and the culture behind the the companies that I create. And I think with that in collaboration with all of these beautiful people and the customers and my teams and all of these wonderful connections that I've made, like it just makes life so full and meaningful and it's wonderful. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know if that's really necessarily advice, but I think that, I think that asking for help and being kind and, and being generous, um, and also staying true to yourself and trying just focusing on your moral compass that will hopefully bring you far. Yes. Okay. I love it. I honestly, I think quite a few of those we forget about often. It's important to, you know, stay true to yourself and your values. And I think that honestly leads you on the correct path that you're meant to go down. Um, so to finish this and wrap it up, what is a current dream that you're working on? Oh my God. Um, I think that professionally I, 
I am really excited kind of for the next phase of the break. Um, I think that again, we we currently don't have a retail space for the first time since we, you know, started. Yeah. Um, and I'm very much focused on kind of producing events and um the you know, hospitality experience and event production side of things. Um especially because I just launched Gush. I'm getting married in a few weeks. And so there's been a lot going on. Um, But I think the next, I mean, I'm not, I have not given up on the goal of um, having the break as a true hospitality space where you can eat or where you can shop and eat and drink and dance and fuck and sleep. Like I'm still, I'm still, I'm holding on to that one. And I I think that one day the break will be all of those things at once. Um, so I'm I'm excited for the next space. I think that I'm very inspired to continue to produce uh obviously experiences, but like imbue retail in a way that feels really experiential and really natural and organic. Um, so I'm I'm excited. I have some, I have some things, I have some ideas. Um, I'm thinking the break estate. You know, like uh, I want the break like, estate. The break estate. Okay, yeah. Um, I want, but I, yeah. So that professionally, I think I'm really, really excited about. I'm super excited about Kush. I think that it's been so, so fun, um, to do this and to learn. And I'm already like, oh my god, okay, like what else can I make here? You know, uh, having dipped my toes into the side of the industry has been incredibly uh, eye-opening and really fun. And so I'm very excited to kind of see where that takes me and also just to keep communicating with all of these women um, about things that, you know, make us gush. Um, And I think personally, I am trying to find balance. I'm trying to, you know, I'm a very extreme person. I, I always, there's always a ton on my plate, a ton on my to-do list, and I'm trying to be, you know, recenter a little bit. So I think that I'm excited to, you know, start this new phase where I have a husband and I'm going to be moving and I launched this new company and, you know, things are pivoting and it feels kind of like an exciting new chapter. And so yeah. I'm very much looking forward to um, moving into that with as much like grace and compassion for myself, um, as well as for others as I can possibly muster. Yeah. Well, we're all excited to see it unfold and you've done a beautiful job bringing people together and thank you so much for taking the time to share your story. And I'm excited to see what happens. I'm excited to get my gush in the mail. Oh my God. Uh, I cannot wait. You're going to have to send me a photo. I will send you. I cannot wait. I think you're going to really love it. And I I'm just so honored. Thank you so much for having me and for chatting with me. It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, Well, enjoy this beautiful weekend. It's a sunny, beautiful day in New York and honestly, cheers to finding balance and pursuing your dreams. Oh, love it. I love that. Cheers, mama. I'll talk to you soon, my love. Thank you, baby. Bye.